Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to mystory@toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. The Bible has a lot to say about what it means to have success. Listen as we learn about this life-changing word in this series called Secret to Success. Uh, as, as, a, as a mom, my mom was a pastor's wife in the 60s and 70s, pastoring small churches. And uh, my mom had to make a home in all kinds of unique places as a pastor's wife, living in a church parsonage. And we've lived next to the church. We've lived in the remodeled garage of the church. We lived right behind the church. You walk through the back door of the, uh, of the platform, and there's where we lived. And, but probably the most unique parsonage was a home in Galesburg, Illinois, back in the boy, mid-60s, when I was about three and four years old, uh, my dad was pastoring, and the parsonage had been vacant for a while. And when we moved in, um, we were the first ones to be there for several years. And this is no exaggeration. Uh, I remember a little bit, uh, but I've heard stories. The lot was infested with snakes. I'm afraid of snakes because I really am. I mean, I just don't like snakes. I mean, uh, and there are team members over the years have tried to scare me, make fun of me. I've embarrassed myself at times running away like a little puppy dog from from a snake. And uh, by the way, those are former team members, okay? And... uh, but I do remember as a little three-year-old walking out the house and seeing a snake uh, curled up by, uh, by the driveway. Uh, one time I went to uh, the, the door open, the car door open, and I fe- it hit me and I fell back. And my dad pulled me up. There was a snake right there. I mean, I remember seeing and hearing my relatives talk about this parsonage in Galesburg, Illinois. In fact, my grandma, when she would come and stay in the home, she would put towels under the doors because she was afraid uh, that a snake would come inside the house. I don't like snakes. I'm afraid of them. So uh, I don't want to be, I don't want to watch them. I don't want to go to the zoo and look at them. Just keep them away from me. Fear is a common emotion, and when it comes to fear, uh, we call these uh, fears phobias, and there is an index of phobias, things that we are afraid of. There are hundreds and hundreds of phobias. The fear of, and then fill in the blank. Whatever its form, fear is something that all of us have encountered uh, at some point in our lives. And scripture has a lot to say about fear. We read throughout scripture commands to abandon fear. In fact, there are 365 verses in the Bible challenging us not to fear. That's one for every day of the year. Do not fear, for the Lord thy God is with you. Amen, amen. However, there is a fear that the Bible says we must have. Yeah, a fear that we must have in our lives. Scripture says it's a fear that brings wisdom. It's a fear that will bring praise. It's a fear that will lead to life. 
fear. What in the world is the Bible referring to? For the last few weeks, Pastor Chad and Pastor Keith have taken us through the sermon series, Secret uh, to Success, and we've been walking through the book of Proverbs, and today we want to continue that journey. In the book of Proverbs, we see several passages that talk about this fear that we should have. Let's look at the first verse here, Proverbs 28, verse 14, blessed is the man who always fears the Lord but he who hardens his heart falls into trouble. Again, chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And then moms, on this special day, we go to Proverbs 31, the chapter that talks about the virtues of a woman. Verse 30, charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. King Solomon, the author of this great book, the book of Proverbs, writes that the secret to our success, ladies and gentlemen, is to fear the Lord. To fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord will bring success to our lives. In a way, this makes no sense. We're not called to be scared of God. We have no reason to be scared of him. We have his promise that nothing can separate us from his love. We have this promise that he will never leave us or forsake us. But this term, the fear of the Lord, what does that mean? Today I want to answer three questions regarding the fear of the Lord. Obviously the first question is, what is the fear of the Lord? There's all kinds of uh, definitions or explanations as we research uh, this statement. To fear God means to respect him, absolutely. To revere him in his glory. To obey him. To submit our lives to him, but today, uh, we want to go in a different direction. Those definitions are certainly appropriate and helpful for our understanding of what the fear of the Lord is. But as we consider the secret to our success, there is one statement regarding the fear of the Lord, one explanation that sums it up so well. The fear of the Lord, very simply, is an attitude of awe and wonder. The fear of the Lord is an attitude of awe and wonder. It is the only appropriate response to our Creator and Savior. Sometimes we forget that God is our Creator. He spoke everything into existence, He created humanity with His hands. He is our Creator and he is our Savior. So our natural response should be to fear him with an attitude of awe and wonder. To fear the Lord is to be like Moses and remove our shoes because we are standing on holy ground. 
It is to be like the woman at the well who came face to face in wonder at the one who knew her so well. It is to be like the disciples who feared for their lives in the midst of a terrible storm at sea. But after seeing Jesus calm the storm with just his words, they stood in awe. This kind of fear is to grasp the wonder of the gospel. That a holy and a righteous judge would leave heaven, come to this earth, put on human flesh, walk this earth, become the lamb of God so that you and I could experience freedom from death. The fear of the Lord is to be utterly blown away that we can become children of the living God. It is to be in awe once again at his work in our lives and be amazed at how he loves and provides and cares for us. Oh, the wonder of God's love. Oh, the wonder of God's grace and forgiveness. Oh, the wonder of his majesty. To fear the Lord is much like a four-year-old on Christmas morning. Remember those days? Maybe you're in them right now. Nothing like Christmas morning. Our girls, they never, never woke us up for Christmas. They just like to sleep too much, I guess. And so we would often wake them up. But before we'd wake them up to celebrate Christmas, I would do my, 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 my dad thing. I would go and turn the lights on, put a fire in the fireplace, get the music playing, and bring all the extra gifts out and put them under the tree. And then to watch them come out of their bedrooms half asleep and go into the living room. Wow. Wow. It's Christmas. This is all for me? (laughs) Yeah, the wonder, the awe. You see, we don't live in awe and wonder in the fear of God. Yeah, we live in awe and wonder. Have you ever watched uh, people leaving the stadium after their team has won? Wow, that was great. Have you ever watched uh, folks when they come out of the theater after a good movie? Man, that was awesome. Or maybe after a concert. I mean, we know how to live in awe and wonder. That's not the problem. The problem is, is the fear of the Lord has become a foreign concept in our thinking and in our understanding The fear of the Lord is an attitude of awe and wonder. The second question I want to answer today is, how to fear the Lord? How do we go about having this kind of fear? You know, there are many, many, many ways. I just want to look at three of them today. Here's the first one. To fear the Lord, we need to be in awe of God's holiness. Be in awe of God's holiness. God is perfect. This means he is pure and complete in his character. God is sovereign and he is just. Because of his holiness, he is the fair judge of the earth. Because of his holiness, God knows what he's doing and he is doing it. 
and we should be in awe and wonder of that. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. Our brains cannot even begin to comprehend the complete perfection and holiness of God. We should be in awe and wonder of a God that is holy. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. I'm going to read several verses today from the book of Proverbs. Every single one of these has profound, relevant impact for you and I. Man, pay attention to these statements today. 9.10, look at this. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You need discernment. You need understanding. You need some wisdom on how to get through this life. This passage says it begins with and only with the fear of the Lord. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is to have this awe, to have this wonder of God's holiness. Wow. God is holy. Secondly, to be in awe of God's grace. Try as we might, good works, good looks, noble thoughts, kind gestures, guess what? We will always, and I mean always, fall short of God's grace regardless of what we do, who we are. We could never catch up to the glory of God. We will always come late, be behind, and fall short. We're in this race and we never can quite get past the finish line. We are totally unrighteous, but God is righteous. But when we accept Christ, when we receive Christ into our lives, we become fully righteous because of what Christ accomplished on the cross. I am righteous, like it or not. I have been declared right before God. In the Old Testament, Job asked, how can a mortal man be righteous? One way, the cross of Jesus Christ. Through Christ, God declares we are righteous. And why does God do this? One word, one word, grace. <laughs> grace. Only grace could declare an unrighteous sinner righteous. God in his mercy does not give us what we deserve. See, there's no cause in us that would merit the salvation of God. It's all grace. And so because of this, Proverbs 23, look at verse 17. Because of this, but always be zealous for the fear of of the Lord. Success, your quest, your passion, your motives to go after God, to fear God, to be zealous for him. You get wisdom, you get understanding, you get life. The fear of the Lord, <laughs> to be in awe of his grace. Wow. <laughs> 
God's grace is so amazing. He's declared that I am righteous. You know my past? (laughs) I'm righteous. Number three, how to fear the Lord. Be in awe of your eternity. Be in awe of your eternity. You see, God is eternal. That means he had no beginning and has no end. There was never a time, either in the past or the future, when God did not or will not exist. He is not bound by human time. He has a continual, infinite, and eternal existence. And since God is eternal and since Christ paid the ultimate price for our salvation and made us righteous, our eternity is secure. If you're having a bad day, that should change things just a bit. Your eternity is secure. And because of this, may we always live lives of astonishment and awe over how God has broken into human history, how God has broken into my life and your life to give us a future and a hope that is certain. Life is a dream, but heaven is a reality. Life is a dream. Hello, you and I right now, we're dreaming. Cool. Some weeks it's like a nightmare, (laughs) but we're in this dream. And we are to live this dream of life for the glory of God, pursuing a fear of him, pursuing an awe and wonder of him. But guess what? It's only a dream. And someday, Those who are followers of Christ, those who are in Christ, will be able to experience reality. Life the way it was supposed to live. You see, someday we will wake up from this dream of life into the reality of heaven. Yes, I said heaven. Not a fairy tale, not something that is a little thing we see in the movies, not just a figment of our imagination, but the Bible calls it a real place. A place is a place, heaven is a place, And that is our eternal home. What God has done in the past is the key to our confidence that he controls our future. I should have put that on the screen. Let me say that again. What God has done in the past is the key to our confidence that he controls our future. Check out this proverb. 23 verse 18, there is surely a future and a hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. Well, you're welcome. That's good news. You know what? Wouldn't it be cool that on a Sunday morning, I know it sounds a little goofy, but sometimes we pastors have these goofy ideas, but wouldn't it be cool that, that as the next service, as they were waiting to come in, as, as we're walking out of the service, because of our understanding of the fear of the Lord and, and our commitment to be in this awe and wonder of God, that we'd walk out of here like we do after a concert? got a future. There's more to life than the last three weeks. (laughs) You know, wow, God, you are so awesome. 
And the third service people would be going, wow, I can't wait to get in that one. That's going to be, I mean, our lives should live with that, with that kind of astonishment and wonder, right? Thank you. Here's the third question. Okay, we understand the meaning of the fear of the Lord, and we understand how we should pursue the fear of the Lord. How does that change our lives? How does that affect our lives? The fear of the Lord is more than just an Old Testament, old-fashioned teaching, far more than just a principle or idea. The fear of the Lord is relevant for our lives today in 2016. And I want to share five ways in which, in which it is. First, the first one is this. We avoid sin. The fear of the Lord should push us to avoid sin. Most of the time, you know, sin can be defined often as missing the mark. And most of the time, we choose to walk away from the mark. We, we choose to walk away from God's plan for our lives because we have this thing called selfishness. Have you heard of that? If you're married, you're aware of that, okay? Because you're, sp- well, or you're, we have this selfishness that pushes us to want to do our own thing. And that often leads to sin. We are followers of Christ. We're in a relationship with him. And because of this, scripture challenges us to be separate. We're to be different. In fact, 1 Peter says, we are to be peculiar. Not weird. (laughs) But different than the rest of the world. So how do we avoid sin? How do we make the decision not to go down that path? How do I determine what is right according to God's word? Let me give you three quick questions to answer, to consider. First of all, does this whatever, this direction I want to go that may be sin, does this glorify God? Does this honor God? If I participate, if I, if I go down this path, does this glorify God? Secondly, does this truly benefit me in the big picture of everything? 30 years from now, does this really benefit me? And then thirdly, does this really build others up? Yeah, it's important that you consider others before you choose to go down the wrong path. Your sin affects more than just your own personal destiny. Does this really build others up? Proverbs eight thirteen: To fear the Lord is to shun evil. Throughout the New Testament, the Apostle Paul says to flee, to run to turn around and go the other way. Secondly, how does the fear of the Lord affect our lives? We mature in our relationship with him. In other words, we we grow up. We're no longer an infant. We're no longer uh, drinking milk. We're having a piece of steak (laughs) as we mature and grow up 
in our faith. This affects us. Why does this affect us? Because we are applying God's word to our lives. The fear of the Lord causes and protects us from weakening our mind and our heart and our moral sensitivity towards uh, what is right. If you're not spending time in here, then you will have questions about how to conduct yourself throughout the week. The fear of the Lord has a purifying and restoring effect that can last forever. Please understand, I'm beginning, as I prepared for this, I'm beginning to pick up from God's word that the fear of the Lord is foundational for our lives. We love the word success. Yeah, I want to be a success But you read throughout scripture, you read in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is foundational. It will bring so much benefit to you and I if we live with the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Chapter 4 of Proverbs, you read through that chapter. Solomon says, do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get wisdom and to get understanding. Run to it. So in other words, how do we get wisdom and understanding? We fear the Lord. We run to it. Number three, to fear the Lord, how does it affect our daily lives? We are motivated to worship. We are motivated to worship. Think about it. When we are in awe and wonder of God's holiness, when we realize again his amazing grace and that we have a future destiny, our eternity is secure, it is only natural that we throw our hands up in the air. (laughs) We lift our voices before God. We allow our hearts to worship God God, you're so awesome in spirit and truth. Those who truly fear God will praise and honor him as Lord of all. Worship does not become a chore. It becomes a joy. Worship is not a duty. It is a purpose of why I exist. Worship is not something I do on Sunday morning. It's a way of life. But on Sunday morning when it's time to worship, man, let's worship. I've noticed in my travels around the world that many international Christians worship a bit differently than we do here in the States. I love closing my eyes in worship. I did this in Cuba a few weeks ago, South Africa, the Philippines, and just listen to people worship. And they worship with passion and with awe. You know what's really interesting? I said this to to some of our team members recently. That's starting to happen here. I, I, you know, I, I, I can hear you worship. 
that's really cool. I, and I look back and I, and I see you uh, focus. I mean, that's the purpose. That, that is an awe and astonishment of God. Psalm 22, verse 23, you who fear the Lord, praise him. Number four, the fear of the Lord will bring us confidence. We have confidence. Think about it. Think about those that you work with. Think about those in your family who do not follow the Lord. Because of the whole political thing going on and what's happening in the world, people don't live in confidence. But the Bible tells us that if we have a fear of the Lord, we can rest in the confidence of God. Fearing God brings a humble confidence and overwhelming spiritual comfort. And the New Testament links the fear of the Lord with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Then the church throughout Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed a time of peace. It was strengthened and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It grew in numbers, comma, living in the fear of the Lord. You see, God-fearing people were the starting point for the church's mission to take the gospel from the Jews into the Gentiles. In other words, the Great Commission is accomplished by people who fear the Lord. In fact, living in the fear of the Lord is a large part of the reason the church grew in numbers. That is what's so exciting about Cuba. (laughs) I mean, the church is busting. I mean, it is growing. Why would 300 people on a Friday night go to the roof of the pastor's house A house church, 300, the roof of the pastor's house. They have chain-linked fenced around so nobody falls off the roof. And they have church every Friday night. Why do they do that? Because they have a fear of the Lord. They live in awe and wonder of their God. Those who do not fear the Lord will have little or no sense of his presence and protection. Catch, Catch that? When, when we don't live in awe and wonder of God, we don't have that sense of his presence and his protection. However, those who fear God and obey his word will experience a deep sense of spiritual security and the empowerment of God's presence. Tell you what, that's what I want in my life. Not only confidence, but we see all throughout scripture that those who feared the Lord lived with confidence, they had a calmness, they had conviction, and they had courage. That happens as we fear the Lord. Number five, the fear of the Lord is going to affect our parenting. Not only should the fear of the Lord affect individual lives, but it should also affect our families. You see, God instructs his followers to teach their children to fear him by training them to hate sin and love God's commands. A a Christian parent's basic goal for his or her kids should be that they are happy. 
we have adopted that philosophy uh, in our parenting today. As long as my kids are happy, as long as I am their buddy, I am a good parent. This may be inappropriate, but I've been married 32 years. I have two children. I've made a lot of big mistakes, okay, in the whole process. As a youth pastor for 13 years, I taught school for five years. I've been in this president role for 18 years. I have heard everything behind my closed office door. I've seen everything uh, as I have traveled and taught in schools and so forth and so on. Can I, can I, can I just say, I know what I'm talking about a little bit <laughs> when it comes to the next few moments. You see, a Christian parent's basic goal for his or her kids should be that they learn to live by God's principles. Nothing, nothing more and nothing less. Teaching them to fear the Lord is a critical first step. Check out this verse, parents. This is astounding. Proverbs 14, 26. He who fears the Lord has a secure fortress. That's cool right there. But there's a comma. And for his children, it will be a refuge. (laughs) That makes sense, right? The greatest thing you can provide for your children is to teach them to fear the Lord. Because as you do, it says right here, they will have a refuge. You see, the reason we're losing our kids is because our kids today, they don't feel safe. They don't feel secure. They don't have stability in their lives because they have not learned what the Bible has to say about how they should live their lives because as parents, we have not taught them the truth. We've not taught them the reality. We've not taken ourselves by the collar and said, parent, this is my job. This is my role. I will not allow this to happen in my home. So I'm going to help my kids understand what it means to fear the Lord. Evaluate your parenting. Are you raising your kids to fear the Lord, to live in awe and wonder of him? Our children are living in awe and wonder but not of God, just like mom and dad. We have taught them, we have trained them to be in awe and wonder of everything except God. Happy Mother's Day. (laughs) (laughs) You see, God has an objective. His word tells us this is his plan. He wants one generation to follow another generation. How does that happen? Through osmosis? Absolutely not. It happens as we teach and guide our children. He accomplishes this objective through the agency of parental instruction. As you direct, as you correct, as you train, as you instruct, as you discipline, as you tell your kids, stop it. No, that is not right. You are not acting out of your own will. You are acting on behalf of God. You are his agent on behalf of your munchkins. God, kids, You're right here. You are the agent. God's plan is to use you to help your kids to understand what it means to live a godly life. You don't have to wonder if it's okay for you to be in charge. You do not need your kids' permission. God has given you a duty to perform. 
Therefore, the endorsement of your child is not necessary. You have no choice. You must engage your kids to fear the Lord. And that starts with you, mom and dad, and having an awe and wonder of an awesome God. The greatest gift my mother gave me, and she still gives to me, is to have this awe and wonder of God. Yeah, I know things are different today. I know that we may dress different and worship different and do this different and do that different, but the fear of the Lord has not changed and it will never change and God's word will stay solid and go forward for truth. Now, I'm still afraid of snakes though. (laughs) And if there's a plastic snake in my drawer tomorrow. I'm going to tell you right now, someone's going to be in trouble. This this is a special Bible of mine. This is a Bible that I used when I was youth pastor. And I did a lot of writing in this Bible. And as I was preparing, I was going through the book of Proverbs, and there were a lot of handwritten notes that I jotted down. But I find it interesting that the next book in, in the Bible is Ecclesiastes. And Solomon wrote that book as well. And the next to the last verse of Ecclesiastes, it's chapter 12, verse 13, Solomon writes this. He says, now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is a whole duty of man. Success? The secret to success? There you have it. There it is. To fear God and keep his commandments. When I went to this verse in this Bible, there was an arrow down, and I wrote this, following 1213. Take God seriously and do what he says. You know, I don't know if you've ever thought of this. And you know, because as a pastor, I officiate a lot of funerals, and I have literally stood by hundreds of caskets and have watched um, people say goodbye to their loved one, and, and I've heard them say many things to their loved one in the casket, and I can't help but think, what do I want people to say about me when it comes to be my time. Thanks, Dad, for making us happy. Thanks, Dad, that you were my buddy. And that's okay. And so, for me, the toughest part of a sermon is preparing the introduction and the conclusion. So Monday afternoon, I got to the conclusion, and I thought, okay, how do I handle this one? So I sat back in my chair, closed my eyes, opened up my eyes, I looked over, and I saw this sitting on my desk, which has been there for about a year. And this is a quote from the book of Nehemiah. And when I came across this quote, I said to myself, this is who I want to be. And so, secret to success, what do you want people to say at your casket? 
He was a man of integrity and feared God than most people do. That's my passion. That's what I'm going to go after. And I'm asking, I'm challenging you to adopt the same kind of secret to success for your life as well. Would you stand with me today? And probably the greatest way that we can respond to today's message is to take a moment in awe and wonder of our God to take a moment and worship him as Pastor John and the team leads us before we leave. Pastor John. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ your Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three. ourselves once again to living with the fear of the Lord. Help us to live in awe and wonder of you, God. I pray your blessing now upon everyone that is here. May we honor you with our lives now in Jesus' name. Amen.